come on, dude, that's easy. That's easy for you. And then I saw it was Tommy Sweeney and I was like, I was with some people and I looked around and I was like, who else thought that was Knox? And everyone raised their hand. I was like, yeah, okay. So I'm not alone here. <laughs> You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. All right, welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Built-In Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang, and it's actually just going to be me today. Justin could not make it to tonight's recording, and the reason for that is because we're we're moving our recap episodes from Wednesday to Monday. So we, we decided to put this change into effect this week, and with it being kind of short notice, he didn't really have a lot of flexibility on his schedule for Sunday. So I'm, I'm flying solo today, so I hope you're okay with that. Justin has promised to make every recording after that, and I'm going to hold him to it. So don't worry, you, you won't have to listen to me forever. <laughs> Justin will bring in some uh, flavor too. Anyways, um, you can find us on most social media and podcasting platforms and even on YouTube by searching up The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. And today, we got to talk about the Bills' victory over the Carolina Panthers, a final score of 31-14. to And much like last week when the Bills lost to the Buccaneers, I kind of found myself being in four areas after that disappointing loss. And I almost find myself in three to four areas after this victory against the Panthers. So without further ado, I'll just kind of jump right into it. And the number one, I guess, area or phase of this victory that I've looked at is that the Bills start off slow. And before I kind of go really into that, I think what you can learn from a loss is way more valuable than what you can learn from a victory. And I think the reason I think the re, for me personally why I think that's true is because when you win, right? You're not as self-critical of what was going on during the game and I feel like Sean McDermott has a pretty good handle on how to fix that. And not to be ignorant of the fact like, you know, there were some wasted opportunities out there. We got to do stuff better. Well, I'm going to try my best impersonation here to be uh, Sean McDermott and point out the areas like, hey, we could be better. And I'm not trying to be a party pooper. I'm always a half glass full kind of person. So don't take me for a half glass empty kind of (laughs) guy. Anyways, like I said, the bills start off slow. And... You know, I'm looking at the box scores right here presented by ESPN. In the first quarter, they didn't put any points on the board. Okay. The second quarter, you're like, okay, things started to turn up. Two touchdowns and a field goal. They get a field goal right in the half. And then right into the third, they get the ball, move the chains once, and then they punt the football back to the Panthers. And eventually later in that quarter, they score another touchdown. But... What I did notice was like, wow, the Bills had a real good chance right there to carry that momentum over from the second into the third, but they kind of didn't do that. (laughs) And I understand that they ended up scoring a touchdown later in the third anyway, so I guess it kind of worked out, but the Bills had to like 
re regain that momentum that they were building in the second half or in the second quarter rather. So, like I said, I, I personally think the Bills have a problem, you know, getting things off, hot, starting off hot. And you, you look at that Tampa Bay game last week, and I, I still think there's no better game to really represent what the 2021 Buffalo Bills were than watching that Buccaneers game. First half, nothing. And, and then second half, they just put it together and they're just building crazy momentum great special teams offense defensive um you know efforts complimentary football and we all know they fell short at the end of the day and i'm not going to get into that game because it it still infuriates me a week later (laughs) but you know the bills start off slow there too and this game against an inferior opponent and that's no shade going against the panthers but you know they they're they're not what we think they are. This is not the year for them. You would imagine that they would have built off that momentum from the Bucks game and just kind of come out guns blazing and just, you know, stay on top and keep it going. Well, it wasn't really that, at least from what I was looking at. It, it just seemed like there were a lot of opportunities left out on the field. And I, I'm not going to lie, I, I, when... What was it? Yeah, when the Panthers scored their first first touchdown in the second quarter and then they were able to convert that two-point conversion, I thought to myself, like, oh boy, here we go. How are the Bills going to respond? And we ultimately know that they ended up putting up, you know, uh, what was it, 19 more points in them in, in that quarter. So, or not 19, nine. So I, I'm okay with what happened but that's not to take away from the fact that I don't really think the Bills should have been there in the first place. They really shouldn't have. I, I, I think that this team needs to go back to the drawing board and figure out, like, okay, well, we know how to turn on the second quarter, but what happened in the first? It's almost like they're in the first quarter. If it, it feels like, all right, we have this initial game plan. Let's go out there, and then... You know, when it doesn't work, they're just feeling out the other team for a little bit, and then they turn on the Jets. Now, some of you are going to say, hey, that means they're adjusting, and I would agree. They are adjusting, but could you do it a little faster? <laughs> and I understand I'm not a professional NFL coach or quarterback or whatever, but it, it just seems like, you know, this they, they just kind of get off the blocks a little slow, and, and I'm sure that's a common problem across all other 31 NFL teams in the league. But that was just one area that I've noticed personally. Moving on to my, I guess, second area of uh, thoughts is that the lines were not good in this game. Defensive line significantly better than the offensive line, in my opinion. And, you know, you find out, at like 10 or 11 o'clock, I think what is what Sean McDermott says. Like, hey, guys, um, turns out John Feliciano has COVID too, and Deion Dawkins is not going to be available for this game. So what do the Bills do? They go like, uh, okay. All right, Daryl, you go from right guard to right tackle. Cody Ford, you're going to fit in right guard. And I know all of us were like, oh, God, Cody Ford, right guard. 
hasn't done anything. He hasn't proven himself yet. And I, I still feel like that. He, I don't think he really had that great of a game. Mitch Morris stays firmly at center. Ike Bakker at left guard. Whatever, you know. And then they move Spencer Brown to left tackle. And it was not his best day. I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he, he let up like, he had like three or four penalties, if I'm not mistaken. There was a taunt, there was a couple holds in there, and there was one move where I, I forgot what the defensive end's name was uh, for the Panthers, but he came into Spencer Brown, did a spin move, and just quite literally just went around Spencer Brown and just went right into Josh Allen. And that was the, I think that was the penalty for roughing the passer, but it was clear and obvious to me that Spencer Brown just, you know, he can fill in, in a pinch at left tackle, but right, right tackle is more of, you know, the area where he should be. And I, going back to what I said at the start of this second phase or second area of thoughts that I've had is that the Bills offensive line their preferred five, and this sounds like, you know, excuses or not excuses, explanations really. Um, explanations of the Bills' offensive line in 2020. You know, they didn't have their preferred five out there for a while because Cody Ford got hurt and all this other jumbling and COVID and whatnot. And then this year, they finally had that preferred five out there from 2020. And then you find out. You know, like, hey, we actually prefer to have Dare Williams at right guard and Spencer Brown right tackle and Mitch Morris at center, Feliciano at left guard and, uh, I don't know, I'm forgetting. Oh, Deion Dawkins at left guard or left tackle. And to me, it's just like, okay, that sounds fine to me. Why, are we, like, we got to really rely on this rookie? All right, cool. I love his energy. He he's a, He's a bulldozer, especially in the running game. And... I think what you saw from today's game is like that the Bills can fill in offensive line gaps and they they need to right because they didn't really have much of an opportunity like they just had to like go out there and fix this best as they could patchwork it but it it was not a good outing for that offensive line and I understand that Carolina has a pretty good defensive line and some pretty good linebackers but geesh i mean for a while like it just looked like josh had no time back there he he was just like snap okay look look dump the ball off and there were some bright moments i'm not here to like you know completely just say like hey they didn't do anything wrong like that i think gabe dable uh gabe davis's uh shout out gabe davis by the way he did a great job gabe davis's first uh touchdown they doubled digs double beasley and Josh needed time to throw that 20-yard touchdown to Gabe Davis, and he was able to get that time. They were The Panthers were running a stunt on the right side, and and Cody Ford, Darrell Williams, and uh, Mitch Morse were able to hold up. So I, w- I was very happy about that. And at the end of the day, the Bills' offense was able to put 31 points on the board. It's just we have to look at this offensive line, at least for me, and just wonder like okay what can this what can this line actually do if everyone is there 
because we know what it can do when everyone's not there and it's super inconsistent and uh, I, I've, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I've seen enough of Cody Ford. So I'll leave it there for him. But before we get to the third area, of course, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this recap episode of the Bills triumphant win over the Carolina Panthers. And we're going to start with, I guess, the third area of where I kind of went to after this Bills W. And that's got to be the Bills' persistent persistence, I guess, in trying to rush the football um, and leaving a lot of meat on the bones, I guess, is where I really want to take this area of conversation, bring this, uh, direct this conversation rather. I thought that the Bills really, again, tried to play complementary football when we both know, and I guess by both, I mean you, me and the listeners and, you know, everyone knows that the Bills are not a good rushing team. And I have the stats here, Devin Singletary, leads the team i thought it was you know thankfully it's not josh allen again and i'm not here to say like i'm not a fan of josh allen taking the ball in his own own hands because i am i think incredible things happen when josh does that but he always just seems like he's the leading rusher on our team which you know that that just to me at least says josh is doing it all when in fact ideally in this offense he doesn't need to do it all he needs to worry about passing the ball. He doesn't need about worried rushing the ball. The rushing the ball is kind of like, okay, everything is falling apart. All right, now I take the ball, right? But not this game. Devin Singletary carries the ball 22 times, 86 yards, an average of 3.9 yards per average, and one touchdown. After that, it's your boy Josh Allen, three carries for 24 yards and an eight yard per average. And then Isaiah McKenzie and Brita both touched the ball one time on rushes. So it was Devin Singletary all day. Josh Allen kind of took it when he needed to when the pocket was was, uh, collapsing. And uh, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch again. So what have I learned from the Bills rushing or their, you know, persistence to rush the football is that I think philosophically, Deep down, they know that their strengths are passing the football. But I think I think what they want to do is run the football at least four to five yards per clip. And as a result, it's going to open things up in the passing game. Because, you know, if you have a somewhat respectable running game, then you're going to draw linebackers in, and that's going to open up throwing lanes. Well, I guess it kind of worked here. (laughs) The Bills averaged 4.4 yards uh, per carry, and Josh Allen threw for 210 yards, three touchdowns, and... Wow, three touchdowns. It, you know, in hindsight, it didn't even feel like that, you know. <laughs> and and I guess that's where the whole leaving a lot of meat on the bones kind of comes in. Or meat on the bone kind of comes in. But it, it just feels like for me that the Bills rushing offense is not 
threatening enough for a Bills or for opposing defenses. And I get that Devin Singletary rushed the ball for a touchdown in this game, but when was the last time that happened? I I literally can't. I couldn't tell you when the last time the Bills uh, a Bills running back scored a touchdown or Devin Singletary at least was it like week two in Miami? Was that when when it happened last? I don't know. <laughs> um, and then I got to talk about these wasted opportunities and one specific one kind of drop you know stands out to most of us and that's probably the um. Tommy Sweeney's drop pass hits him. Josh Allen rolls out to his right, throws it to Tommy Sweeney, hits him in the hands, and he drops it. When the Bills were trying to build up that momentum, like I said, the Bills in that first segment, you know, the Bills are, you know, a team that seems, at least to my opinion, have slow starts. And they started building momentum. I liked it. And the fact that Sweeney dropped that was a backbreaker and <laughs> I almost feel kind of guilty about this because what I knew it was a tight end that was catching the ball and I didn't even see the numbers but I just thought it was Knox and I was like Knox man come on dude that's easy that's easy for you and then I saw it was Tommy Sweeney and I was like I was with some people and I looked around and I was like who else thought that was Knox and everyone raised their hand and I was like yeah okay so I'm not alone here <laughs> but uh Knox I thought he had a pretty good game um but anyways Getting back to it, there were a lot of opportunities in this game to put more points on the board, and I get that we beat the Panthers by a score of 17, but the game just felt closer than that. It felt uh, like, you know, take away that Gabe Davis touchdown at, at the end, right, and it's like a 24-14 game, and I, I don't know if this makes any sense, but throughout that entire game, I just didn't really feel like the Panthers were truly out of it until Gabe Davis scored his second touchdown. So, And it didn't need to be like that because the Bills could have easily put this game away way earlier, but it didn't happen. And, you know... I, I was kind of nervous it, to the point where I was like nervous the entire game. I'm nervous going into every game. I'm I'm always a ball of nerves, but I don't know if this if this speaks to anyone. But I thought for a little bit like, all right, the Bills need to put their foot on the pedal here, but they're not doing it fast enough. And I don't know if Carolina's like gonna come back here. And there was a point where Carolina was like outgaining us in total yards of offense. And I was like, how is this team with this terrible offensive line doing that to us? How? How? I don't I don't get it. I really don't. And, you know, fortunately the defensive line, as I mentioned um in the last segment, I thought they did a pretty good job of you know, working against the probably one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. But again, a lot of opportunities there for that defensive line, but they didn't capitalize. I felt like there were multiple areas where that D-line could have 
dropped Cam Newton earlier, but he was able to wiggle out. F.A. Obata, like earlier, and he ended up getting two sacks, so shout out F.A. But there was a point where F.A. had Cam Newton, I think, around, like, just wrapped up, but ended up pulling away his hand warmer or something like that. There was one where Taron Johnson had him, but he over-pursued a little bit, and his momentum carried him off Cam. And the, the I guess this is what I'm talking about, is that there were more highlight plays and more areas for the Bills to stack, you know, columns and the stat areas or whatever, but it just didn't happen. And it, it's we're going to need that kind of stuff if we want to make a deep playoff push. And then we'll go right into the last segment here, and that's the opposite of what happened last week. Last week, I ended on, you know, a loss is a loss. Yes, can you take something away from a loss, loss? Yes, you can always can do that. But this week, a win is a win. And that's all that matters. The Bills took care of their business. They have a, their, I think, what, they're 8-6 now? Yeah, 8-6. Their next game is against the Patriots in Foxborough. And the Patriots just lost to the Colts on Saturday. This is a huge game, guys. If the Bills actually really did need to win this game, it, you know, not for making the playoff purposes, but for contention for that AFC East division title. You want the Bills to win to get that title? Then we got to go into Foxborough, take down McCorkle Jones and that offense. And that pretty good defense here. But can they do it? And I 100% think they they can do it. If they show up to, you know, Foxborough playing this kind of game where there's a lot of opportunities left out on the field and not, them not taking advantage of it, I think it's going to make... I honestly don't I don't really know if I like our chances because you look at that first Patriots game we were in the red zone four times and the Patriots were in there once and we all know what happened in that game didn't happen it didn't happen we 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 couldn't capitalize on those opportunities and I'm not saying that the Bills can't do that but this game against the Panthers kind of gave me some pause. I'm like, okay, well, there were areas for us to get in there or move the chains, and it just didn't work out sometimes. Okay, that's an against an inferior opponent. We're playing New England. They are completely different from what the Panthers are. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. The Bills, I think, are still the seventh seed. Uh, I haven't checked the playoff standings, but I'm pretty sure that's what I saw on the television. And they need to take care of their business. You beat the Patriots, great. Then you have a 5-1 and one division record against all of the other AFC East teams. You beat the Falcons, very doable, because Matt Ryan doesn't look like Matty Ice. He just looks like <laughs> Matty nothing. And then... Then you look over at the New York Jets. These two two games outside of the Patriots game should be W's. 
And if they're not W's, then we need to really take a step back and think about what the 2021 Buffalo Bills are. And if they really honestly deserve a chance to go to the dance. And I still think the Bills will make the playoffs, but that's just one area. That's just where I'm going to think. It's just like, okay, we just lost to... If you lose to the Jags and the Jets and or the Falcons in this in your season, you got to really think to yourself like, okay, well we beat this team, we made it to the playoffs, but like should we be there? And that feels so wrong for me to say, but I will ask myself that those questions like, wow, we really lost to those teams, but hey, we're here. We're here. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. And I'm again, I'm not trying to be like super pessimistic. I am very happy that the Bills got that victory. It's just I'm I'm thinking like big picture. I wanted more from this Bills victory, and I know they're capable of it. We both know that they're capable of it. They just gotta go out there and like do it. Carry that momentum from that second half against the Bucks. You, you kind of did that this game. You got the W. Now let's go into Foxborough, get the W there, and then take care of our business at home and hopefully get that AFC East title and make a deep playoff push. This team can do it. I know it. We all know it. We've seen what they can do. They just got to put it all together. And like I said, a win's a win. And with that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast. Uh, again, you can find us on the Built-in Buffalo Network, and you can find us by searching up the Wander Buffalo Podcast. We're always looking for amazing guests uh, to join our show, so if you're interested, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and you can always find me on social media by searching up Two Changs, my co-host, typically, who's not here, right? Uh, Justin Goddard, you can find him at jgods 22 But like I said, that's going to do it for us. I hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys again before Christmas. But hopefully everyone's got nice family coming over. They got fun stuff going on. But uh, we'll be here to bring Bill's content regardless. So have a good one. Take care. And uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday.